It's a Saturday morning when we have our usual wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. We have another friend. His name is Ted Farrell, and he is with us because I assume, Ted, good morning, by the way, that uh, Jack is uh, either uh, still uh, on the uh, continent (laughs) or uh, on his way back. You are right. He's still over in Rome doling out uh, papal uh, edicts with the the big guy and all that stuff. So touring around the the holy city. Now you spent a little time up in Tuscany, but he spent the rest of the time in Rome. So you got the JV today, Denny. <laughs> JV. Well, yeah. I feel sorry for your dad, Jack. He just never gets out. You know, he just uh, he's uh, always no. <laughs> ensconced in his office or home. But regular yeah. old-fashioned shut-in he is. Yeah, well, uh, always leads an interesting life as well. What do you think we should talk about today, Ted? Well, today, you know, last night I had dinner with several people in the wine business, and we were kind of talking and quacking nostalgic about how much we like Rhone wines. And I know my dad talks about them quite a bit, but, I mean, the Rhone Valley is such a unique place where, you know, it's a big delta-shaped area down in the southern, southeastern portion of France, and that is some of the greatest table wines, but also some of the greatest big oomph wines. And they play so well to the American palate because they're they're very good. They're very fruity. The key grape varietals that they use down in the Rhone Valley are Grenache and Syrah. There are also other uh, blending varietals that they use like Mauvedre and Carillon and things like that. And kind of a, a generic rule of thumb is the further south you go, the more Grenache they use, and the further north you go, they use a lot more Syrah. And the nice thing about that is just a simple Cote de Rhone, again, blend of Grenache, Syrah, Mauvet, is such an enjoyable bottle of wine. The prices are terrific. And it's kind of, I call those wines like your Monday through Thursday wine, where you just come home, you want to crack open a bottle of red wine uh, and enjoy something. And they go so well with all kinds of different dishes, uh, you know, whether it is just a little chicken, whether you're doing stew. Whatever they're so universal uh, that uh, you know they're just enjoyable. And several friends in the business love to drink them on a daily basis because then again, most of them are only about you know twelve. The most expensive Coteroons generally are only about twelve dollars a bottle, so they're very affordable, very nice. And then as you kind of move further up north, you run into the district of Chateauneuf de Pop, which way back in the 14th century the they elected a French pope. He didn't like Rome, so he decided to turn Avion into the papacy's seat, and he uh, set up a shop in Avion. Well, he needed a place to vacation, so then he steps up. Uh, there is a little area a little further north called that is now called Chateau Neuf de Pop, which is, he translates the new house of the pope, where he sat and resided up there, and that's where he would summer. Uh, and those wines, again, a little bit more Syrah blended in them than a Cote de Rome, but just dynamic wines and play so well to the American palate for the simple fact they're a little bit more robust. Uh, you know, they have a lot of flavor, a lot of great character to them. And again, they go so well with so many of our dishes. And then especially now that it's hunting season, the Rhone wines are just a shoe in with any kind of game, any kind of quarry that people are bringing in from the fields, uh, whether it is pheasants or ducks or deer or whatever, they all seem to go so well with those. And then now, the interesting thing. Oh, go ahead, Dave. No, no, no. Go ahead, Jeff. Go, go, go ahead, Ted. Finish. That's well, fine. I was just going to say. And the interesting thing is, the further you go up north, uh, again, they increase the amount of Syrahs, 
but generally the wines get a lot more expensive just for the simple fact that there isn't that much uh, growing area. There's an area called Crow's Hermitage that only has about 20, well, I have to 24 hectares, so about 4,800 acres under cultivation, and that's it. But we have a great uh, Crow's Hermitage, one of my favorites, called uh, uh, Chateau Patterson's, and it's just wonderful. I mean, full, rich flavor because you do have a little bit more Syrah into it. No, I, I was just you. You mentioned as far as you, you farther north you go, or whatever other region could be a little more costly. But Rhones generally are pretty accessible, aren't they? Oh, very accessible, very accessible. When you get into the realm of Hermitage and Cote Rotis, you know, you then you're kind of pushing the envelope as far as a hundred, hundred fifty dollars a bottle. But you know, some Chateauneufs now, well, they've gone up in price. Uh, you know, range they started in around. The, the mid-20s, and then they obviously, with depending on the producer and the rating, can skyrocket and jump up into the $100 a bottle uh, range. But there's still a lot of affordable ones. And again, I, you know, if my Cote de Rhodes are my Monday through Thursday wine, those Crow's Hermitage or Chateauneuf de Pops are sort of your weekend wines when you're making something special, whether it is a big roast or something like that. Just crack one of those bottles open. You'll sit down and just enjoy life. It's just uh, a match made in heaven. You know, when I was thinking about, and uh, we talk about it from time to time, I'm talking about Malbec. And I, every time I hear uh, your dad talk about Malbec, I think of Mendoza in Argentina. But, uh, I mean, you can find it in France, right? I mean, it's not just in Argentina. Well, that's where it came from. That came from the southwest yeah. portion of France over uh, by Toulouse uh, in the area of Cahors where they uh, grow Malbec. It, different characterization, a little bit different flavors that you see different nuances. And it just shows you that a lot of the uh, migrants that left Europe came and brought their uh, local cuttings and uh, put it in there. Now you're seeing Malbec kind of growing all around. People maybe always had it in their vineyard to use it as a blending grape. But now that they're realizing there's demand for it, they're actually bottling it individually. So you are seeing even Malbecs from California, Malbecs from, uh, you know, down in and around Chile and all that. But, you know, I suppose Mendoza is sort of the epicenter of the Malbec craze uh, and so many great Malbecs coming out of there. And again, that's a wine that is very full, very rich, and it holds up to all that kind of gave me things. A great fall wine to have, uh, whether you're, you know, just grilling uh, burgers and steaks or whatnot. Uh, Malbecs are terrific. My favorite always has been Aguari Bay, which is a great one. It's only about 10 bucks a bottle. And it's just a great go-to one. And it's sort of a, it's an Argentinian wine made with a little French flair because the Rothschild family owns it. Uh, but then we've recently got in this Diamandes de los Andes, which are, they have a cab blend. They also do a Malbec. Very full, very rich wines, really uh, approachable, wonderful, wonderful wines, especially if you're doing some grilling. And we always say uh, in the Haskell circles that uh, Malbec goes so brilliantly with barbecued ribs just because there's that sweetness on the, the barbecued meat, uh, and then that Malbec just marries perfectly with that. Oh, yeah, we've talked about that from time to time. And I was going to ask you, as far as an alternative, because I agree that, uh, that, in fact, I'm looking at the forecast, Ted, and it's going to be 81 today. I think it may be another day for grilling. Uh, but what what uh, other thing, other than Malbec? Let's say we're going to grill, let's just leave it at steaks. We're grilling steaks. What else besides Malbec would fit perfectly? Well, a classic example would be something along the lines of just uh, a big 
Napa Cabernet. We just got in this new wine called Napa Cut. Uh, it's a buy one, get one. And it's a terrific, full-flavored, rich wine. And, I mean, granted, cabs can be very big, uh, a little bit austere with a little bit of a good tight finish on it but i mean those cabernets just kind of scream big red meat like that so if you're putting a big slab of steak on there think about a california cab as well you know the southern roans are terrific again a malbec but a big napa valley cab would be terrific like that napa cut is one of my favorites to uh crack open you know big full rich jammy wine uh you know as i call them a tooth stainer because they're so inky that you know you look down all of a sudden your teeth might turn a little purple because of it as well are there any uh, white uh, wine? Now you talk about Rowans, but any other uh, whites that uh, that you're liking these days that maybe have come to the forefront of uh, of, uh, of Haskell's? That's really well, tasty. I, sure, the, the the interesting category, and I can't remember if we talked about it last time, is Viognier, and Viognier is a white wine uh, comes out of the southern area of France. In uh, actually in Viognier, they even blend a little bit of that white wine into their Cote Roti, which is a little bit, uh, you know, kind of unheard of in a sense where you're putting white wine into a red wine blend. Uh, but it happens. But the Viognier, you open it up, there's a little bit of melon to it. It's very viscous. It has a little bit heavier body to it. Uh, my favorite is La Forge, which comes from the south of France, a little bit further west of the Medoc, or it, it, of the Rhone Valley in the Languedoc area, but then also that we have a domestic one, Vino Robles Viognier, uh, which is just delicious as well. I prefer the LaForge myself with both those. I mean, they're fuller, they're a little bit heavier, and they're also even a little bit weighty on your palate. So that is a perfect little fall wine to start your barbecue grilling season out, or if you're just having some wine as you grill, the Viognier is a fun thing to have. Well, you know, if you're anything like me, Ted, uh, you can uh, shovel a snow path to the grill. It doesn't matter what season we're talking about, right? We're Minnesotans, oh, right? Oh, you are, yes. Uh, I always say, you know, grilling isn't a season in Minnesota. It's a way of life. And I've <laughs> Perfect. I've photos of that little path out to the barbecue, and it's only <laughs> 4 o'clock in January, and it's jet blackout. The only thing you see, the only light illuminating are the coals. So, you know, you got to get out there and do it anyways. I mean, just embrace it. I'm sure my li- my neighbors are wondering what's that guy doing out there with a flashlight in the grill, you know, and like that. Uh, Say, so before we go, I want to talk certainly about uh, about the sale going on at Haskell's. But are we still doing? Am I a little late to the party as far as the six for sixty, or can I still do that? Well, the last one we did did expire uh, about a week ago. But yeah. if you come in and ask, I'm sure somebody can put something together and get it ready for you. We're always willing to keep those going, uh, without a doubt, because it was a fall 6 for 60 where we did a Viognier, some Chardonnay. Uh, we also had some heavier wines in there, some a little bit bigger, more robust wines that uh, will be perfect to get you ready for the fall. And like I said, during the fall, you kind of have to change your, your wine wardrobe where you get into those heavier wines. And right now, the Haskell's Fall Wine Sales going on, they the perfect time to outfit your cellar for all this fall things. There's thousands of wines on sale, and also spirits, beers, seltzers, all the things that are going on. And it's going on now through the end of the month in all of our 11 locations all throughout the metro area. So there's always opportunity to come in and grab a, a little bit of something from Haskell's and get you ready for all this fall and fall type of uh, weather. And all sorts of locations too, right? You are correct. We have a Haskell's in downtown Minneapolis. 
We have a Haskell's out in Minnetonka, Haskell's in Highland Park right in St. Paul. Also, a Haskell's down in Bloomington in the Lowman's Plaza. Uh, Haskell's out in Excelsior if you're going to venture out to Lake Minnetonka one last time for the season. Also, there's a Haskell's White Bear Lake, Woodbury, also out in Stillwater, and then we down in Faribault as well. And then our super seller up at Maple Grove is not to be missed because it's a large facility with all kinds of wine. And if you don't have any time to do that, you can always stop by and see us at Haskell's.com. Excellent. Ted, always fun. Great to hear from you again. And uh, we'll, uh, well, let's just say we'll talk soon. Uh, well, hopefully, but I think the big guy's back, so it might be a while. Okay, good so deal. Let's about more uh, travel circuits. All right, we'll 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 uh, we'll debrief him next uh, next week. Thanks again, Ted. Good talking to you, Dave. Ted Farrell from Haskell's. Get those lawn and garden questions ready next hour. Smart Garden here on CCO Radio. Right now, few clouds, sixty-two. The current temp. We are heading to eighty-one. Stay with us.